You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. You know, we've had a few weeks out and you come back and you're kind of over, uh, over-praise. You get a little bit excited and you over-praise and your voice isn't used to it. That was me this morning. Over-praised. So you're going to have to deal with croaky, croaky message this morning. I hope that's all right. Thanks, Jim. Awesome. Who, who has had a great start to their year already? A few hands. This is good. We're gonna we're gonna work on some response in service this year. So I was very pleased to see all the hands there. But you, you know, you you can speak back. I love that Jim talks back in service. It's fantastic. But uh, you know, I like to have people that interact. So I like to ask some questions from time to time. And I would love it if you could respond. So uh, not just with a hand, but you can speak. It's all good. Uh, We've been in a series at the start of this year called Speak. Speak. And the the premise of that series is recognizing that there is power connected to the words that we declare either about ourselves, about our circumstance, about our year. Uh, There is power that is connected to that, particularly when we align what we say with what God has said. Okay, uh, there, is, there is a power that we have as, as hum, human beings uh, to speak things about ourselves, but there is a greater power and a, and a creative power that we have when what we speak aligns with the Word of God over our lives, right? So, so we can agree with the evidence that is in our life, or we can agree and declare what the Word of God says about our life. Both are going to have the power to do something in your world. It's up to us to make a decision at the beginning of this year that I am not going to continue to say certain things about my world. I'm just not. I'm going to stop that sentence. I'm going to stop that declaration. I'm going to stop saying that about myself and I'm going to go to the Word of God. I'm going to let something out of the Scripture that speaks to me about who I am, I'm going to grab a hold of that and I'm going to make that my declaration over my year this year. All right, that's why we began 2020. We wanted to get a clear view, right? I'm going to use that joke all year, just in case you're wondering. We're going to get a 2020 view, a clear, yeah, I just had to explain it because I felt like you guys didn't pick it up there, right? We're going to get a clear perspective on the year ahead. I'll see how many times I can say it in this message, all right? You can count. You can count. I used to have students that would count how many times I said particular words while I taught a class. That is an interesting situation. You learn a lot about how you speak when they come up to you and say, you know, sir, you said, ah, 43 times in that lesson. Yeah, I listened to one of my messages back the other day, and I'm like, I still do that. I'm going to work on that. A couple of things before we dive into the scripture this morning. Um, How good was Andrew Yude? Fantastic. What a great offering message. Uh, I feel like it's kicking the year off because I haven't been here for the last two weeks. So I'm just going to feel like, you know, I'm kicking the year off. You guys have already, you're three weeks in. But for me, that was a great word to kick the year off, to remember that, that the practical is part of a far bigger picture. It's, it's, it's part of who we are. It's a part of the life we live. Uh, and we should never uh, segment what we do from who we are. 
right? That's what God, God doesn't do that. God, God operates out of who he is. He is, he is a complete, consistent, um, and, and will always do out of who he is. And we strive to be the same, that what we do is actually an overflow of who we are. And so when it comes to generosity, it's about us and it's about our life as a whole, not just one small practical act that we choose to do as some type of uh, religious rhetoric. No, 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 no. It is, it is an authentic act because we are generous people. That's a great word. Second thing that I would love to touch on this morning is, is in regard to our, our, us as a community. Us as a community. There is something that defines a community, and, and that is related to proximity. A community is community for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons community is community is because it, it is close together. You, you, you will struggle to find a functional community, a healthy community, a life-giving community that is spread in all different areas around the place. And I know that in many ways we are gathered already in this place, but there is something powerful about being close, even in a small setting. And if we look around the auditorium, uh, we, we are still quite spread. What we're going to do this year as a bit of a strategic move to, to increase our sense of community in this place and togetherness in this place is we are going to adjust some of the places where we sit. Is that going to be all right? I know I'm bringing like change first Sunday back and it's some, most people hate change. So I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a few weeks. We're not going to do it straight away. It's okay. I'm, I, this is like a bit of a lead in. We've been talking to some of the, the leaders in the church last year. We said, hey, hey, next year we're going to do this. Um, and, and part of it, I guess the picture that comes to mind, uh, I know that I like to go camping. I like to have fires out the back of my house in, in winter. It's, it's a little bit of an interesting topic at the moment. Um, but praise God for the rain, amen. We, we needed that. But if you want to put a fire out quickly, you spread the coals away from each other. Uh, that's the quickest way to put a fire out. Fire needs three things. It needs oxygen, it needs heat, and it needs fuel. And and, and the easiest way to, to, to put a fire is to separate the things that carry the fuel and carry the heat away from the other elements that, that have begun to lost the fuel and the heat from themselves. And so, so if you want to keep a fire going, you stoke it, right? You push the, the burning bit of wood back towards the coals and, 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 and you keep it in close proximity and you put those coals all together. And, and I'm telling you, uh, we've had prophetic words over this community about it being a fireplace. And I can't help but think that there is something about making sure that on a Sunday when we gather as coals in that fireplace, we are stoked together. And so what we're going to do is, is some of the seating towards the back corners, uh, we are, we're actually going to block those off. We're going to ask that maybe, maybe if you, that's your normal seat, uh, please try something new for 2020. Try something new for 2020, because I actually believe that is going to help bring a really incredible sense of community and togetherness to things like our worship right, to things like our praise. When you are next to someone who is, who is just praising their heart out, it, it's something gets caught. You catch on to what the person next to you is doing. And if the person next to you is an empty seat, it could be an indication that we should be inviting people into our community. But it, should, it also has an effect that when there's a lot of empty seats around you, you kind of like, oh, 
I'm a, little, I'm a little bit isolated here, but when we're together, we're not isolated. When we're together, we rub off on each other. When we're together, culture translates across. Passion translates. Anointing rubs off. And they talk about the fact that things aren't taught. They're caught. And, and, and to be caught, you have to be in close proximity with people. And, and so I hope that you hear my heart when I say uh, we are going to get closer as a community. We're going to get closer as a campus. And, and we're not going to block off the whole of the sides. We're going to, this is going to be a progressive change. It'll be a, a few little rows at a time. And we're going to leave some rows available for, for, for those that struggle to do the stairs and the lift. And, and for our, our, our signing ministry, we're taking into account all of those things. But we are going to be intentional about proximity this year. Is that all right, church? Is that okay? All right, now that I've like, concerned all of you that don't like change, we're going to go to the Word of God so that you can be encouraged. See how I did that? It's like bought, bought the, the, the stressful thing, and now I'm going to bring the, the peace of God. So Ezekiel chapter 37 has where, is where we have been for the last few weeks. It's the foundation of this whole series about speaking. It's one of the great examples of God giving someone a word to speak over a situation. And it gives for us an incredible picture of the capacity that we have when we align what we say with what God is saying. And I'd like to pick up the story of Ezekiel in uh, chapter 37, verse 1, right at the start. It says this. It'll be on the screen if, if you're not quite into the habit of bringing your Bible to church yet or you're new, you don't have one. That is, that's why we put it on the screen so you can still totally follow along, feel like you can be involved. Verse number one, it says, the Lord took hold of me. Maybe that needs to be your prayer this year for some of you, that, that the Lord would take a hold of your life afresh. That, that, that over a series of years, even decades, you, 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 you've just slipped out of that place where you feel like God has a hold of your life. And he is directing it and you are out of the boat and you're like, wow, I'm in a bit of a crazy space right now. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know God has my life. It's so easy to slip into, in, into security, into comfort, uh, and just be like, you know what, this boat's got like a padded seat. I'm just going to stay in the boat where you, like Peter's out there on the water walking and doing some crazy things. But, but over the years, it's easy to slip into that place of just, oh, life's comfortable. I've worked hard. I've got to a place where it's, it's comfortable. Maybe, maybe make your prayer this year. God, take a hold of my life again. The Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord. To a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones. Other translations say that he led, he led me back and forward across the bones. They covered the valley floor and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, You alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message. To these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and I will cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. I feel like that, that there, that statement, you will come to life, is a statement that someone needs to hear this morning. 
you will come to life. There, there used to be this life about your life. There used to be this life about you. But, but circumstances and situations and, and the things that you have walked through have diminished it. It's like the light globe of, of your inner man has, has slowly faded. I'm telling you, there is the Holy Spirit is a great defibrillator of, of the inner man. And I'm, he is here this morning. If you need something to come alive again inside of you, interaction with the Holy Spirit is, is, is the way to go. And I'm, I'm believing this year that there is going to be life abundant uh, overflowing out of you. He said, then you will know that I am the Lord. Isn't that interesting? That the, the resurrection is a sign of God. That life in us is a way in which we know that he is God. He's not just this slightly powerful. He's not just, he wasn't just a good man that walked on the earth. A while. No, no, no. The way that we know that he is God is because he is able to take what is dead and bring it back to life. Think about the story of Lazarus. Why let him be in there four days? Because four days went past a point at which even the Jewish people believed resurrection could occur. And so you take it to a point where, where it is impossible except for the all-powerful God, except for something that only God himself can do. He says, Lazarus, come out. Death to life. That's what I'm able to do because I'm the Lord God Almighty. Not me. <clears throat> so suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each person came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies. This is a process, guys. Resurrection might not be an instant in your life, but that doesn't mean that we should give up on it occurring. There is a process that God is at work at in your life. Maybe he's bringing one bone next to another bone. Maybe he is attaching a muscle this year. He is in the process process of resurrecting things that are dead back to life but it may not happen all in a single moment so often we want the moment and when the moment doesn't happen we start to disregard God as being able to bring about the thing that we want him to because we have misunderstood that he is at work by process and just maybe he is he is doing the next step of the process in your life this year it all came together skin covered and then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me. And so I spoke the message as he commanded And so I spoke the message as he commanded me. If you take nothing else away from this whole series... I want you to take away that line in your mind. And so I spoke what he commanded me. And so I spoke what he commanded me. And so I spoke, let's translate that a little bit. So I spoke what he spoke to me. So I declared what he said, not what I experienced. So, so, so I made a decision to declare over my life what God says about it, not the valley of dry bones that I see in front of me. I spoke what God commanded me. And breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Amen, we want a great army. Awesome. Can we pray this morning? And we're going to move very, very quickly. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are real. I want to thank you that you are here. 
I want to thank you that you are trustworthy and faithful. You are the source of our life, our strength, our hope. And God, I pray this morning that you would continue to move in every life in this place. Lord, I pray that as we move into a time where we anoint people for this year, I pray your power and your presence would come afresh into every area of people's lives. Particularly, God, we pray for an anointing on the jets this season. God, let there be wisdom on the choice of manager. God, we need transformation. I see a valley of dry bones. (sighs) Let there be life in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of fired managers, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. He has not left me. So <clears throat> we, were, we were away, as I said. We, we like to go up to uh, Hawk's Nest. We have a little cabin that we stay in up there with our family. Stays next door, my brother and his wife and kids. And, and one of the things that we did while we were up there is we took all of the kids. We have five little kids under the age of six, which makes fun kind of camping time. That's why we don't camp in a tent. Um, because I don't cope without air conditioning when I, when I start to feel that my child is not doing what I want, tension rising in me, I need, I need air con. Um, and so we stay in a cabin that has air con and, 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 and TV because I can't be away from watching sport. I know I have an addiction, it's okay. Um, but we took the kids on this adventure, me and my brother, and we, we ended up, we, we actually Strava'd it. Who knows if it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. And so we, we took them on this, and we actually ended up walking our, our five children under the age of six for over three and a half kilometers, and all the wives said, amen, because they came home and slept, right? And, and what we did on this adventure was we're like, it's going to be so cool. You know how when you talk to children, you, you like create something that is really mundane, and, and you turn it into something that is like the most incredible thing that they've ever done in their lives. Uh, if you talk to my son, he will still tell you that this three and a half kilometer walk along a beach is the most exciting thing that he did on his holiday. Not because it was actually exciting, but because we turned it into this incredible adventure where we were going to find these incredible treasures. Now, I didn't mean to along the way, but I came across this, this little bone, right? Just this little bone in the sand as you do. Now, you need to be careful um, with, with, because, because there is a fine line between weird and exciting. So if I find a carcass that still has kind of flesh attached to it, right? And I'm like, oh, Addy, look, it's, it's a bone. It's awesome. That's weird. Okay, that's crossing a line to you are now engaging your child with a decaying matter. But when the bone has been dry enough and it's like this cool little white, almost looks like a shell, but you know, it's this single bone, suddenly it becomes potentially a dinosaur bone, right? Like, because it's not connected to anything, you can make it whatever. And and so I'm like, oh, Addy, look, I found this bone, it's amazing. He's like, oh, it's probably a dinosaur bone. I'm like, it could be, it could be. In my head, I'm like, it's definitely not, but it could be. But the problem with having more than one child is that when you find one for one, the other one wants one. Okay, so now Evie is like, but Daddy, where's, where's my bone? And I'm like, um, I'll find you one. I'll find you one. Now, you're gonna, I'm not Ezekiel. Right? I have a valley of dry bones to wander through. I am traipsing across these sand. I took these, these five, well, I'm carry the one. Actually, it was four because Oakley can't walk yet. But so it was, he's pretty advanced, uh, I know, but he can't walk yet. So these four kids, and I've decided that the only way I'm going to find another bone is to go completely off track. Okay, so, 
So I'm like, hey, kids, let's go through this fence. Because fences, they're more like a guideline as to, it's easier on this side of the fence, but that's just, so I'm like, let's go through this fence. And we're like going through all these, these areas where, you know, uh, people that have been fishing have had their little fire with their beer bottles. And, and he's like, oh, look, it's treasure. I'm like, it's definitely not treasure, buddy. Like, come on, let's keep going. Traipsing through all of the scrubland and, and I'm looking for these bones and I found another carcass. I'm like, there's no bones over there. Like, let's not go over near that dead bird. Um, Good news, I, I, I ended up randomly finding another bone for Evie and I totally saved the day because I'm a hero dad. And um, yes, thank you, Jim, come on. Let's be honest, we would have kept walking for 5K to find another bone for my little girl, but uh, I was lucky enough we found one and, and we took it home. I tell you that story for no other reason than just, just to tell you a story about my holiday and some of the things we did, but to help you also realise that that there is a distinction between something that is a little bit kind of, like imagine if Ezekiel had come across kind of corpses. You know, there, there's a far cry from, from like the decaying bird to the single bone that is so dry and white that, that you know that this thing has been dead for a very, very long time. There is no concern about there being some kind of leftover biological matter on this particular bone. Like it, it, is, it is totally gone. And sometimes I think we, we misinterpret the significant transformation that occurs in this scripture. We are talking about a valley of completely white, dry bones. There is nothing left on these bones. And I don't know if you have an area like that in your life where it's like it is, it is not even close to being like what you would like it to be. Well, this example tells us that there is not a single area that is outside of the capacity of God to bring new life into. There's nothing that is outside of what he is able to do in our lives. And it's interesting because the first thing that we see that Ezekiel does is he acknowledges the reality of the situation. I think so often we try to avoid the realities of the brokenness of our life. But we don't need to because God already knows. He already knows. And we see that the, the first thing Ezekiel does is, is he acknowledges that the valley around him was filled with dry bones. He, he, he doesn't try to hide the, the, the circumstance from God. He doesn't try to hide the situation. He doesn't try to sugarcoat it. He's not like, oh, look, there's an army that died and, 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 and with a little bit of help, maybe they'll come back to life. No, he's, he's quite clear. This, 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 this is a hopeless situation. This is a barren, completely dry wasteland of bones. And I want to encourage you this morning, it is okay to, to be open and honest with God about your situation. And then verse 2, he talks about moving backwards and forwards through these bones. And, and I think sometimes in life, we can misinterpret those seasons where we feel like we are going backwards and forwards over the same ground. We don't seem to be changing anything. It's like, I, I, it feels like Groundhog Day in that area of my life. It, I'm just going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards over the same dead situation in my life. And I am seeing no change. Can I tell you that, that Elisha, 
was plowing a field backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards. And he wasn't going anywhere, and yet God was preparing him to take over from Elijah as, as, as the prophet that carried the double anointing in the Old Testament, doing twice as many miracles as Elijah ever did. And yet his entire preparation for that looked like going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And you should not underestimate what God might be preparing you for by taking you backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards over that same area in your life. Verse 3. I believe God proposes this question to you this morning, to us this morning. He says to Elijah, do you believe that that area can live again? That question digs straight to our faith. It digs straight to how real our faith is because we can all wear a religiously relevant mask. We can all be like, yeah, I believe it. But inside, when we're honest before God, when it's just you and him and you're chatting to him, it's like, well, actually, I don't. I don't, I don't really believe that Eric can live again. I don't know what that looks like to live again. And, and until we're able to be open and honest in that space, God can't begin to work in us to give us the faith to believe that it can but we have to be okay that he is going to come to us and say, hey, this year, do you believe that that area can live again? Because that's not a question of whether or not it can happen in your capacity. That question is related to whether or not you believe that God has the power to do that in your life. Okay? Verse 3, Ezekiel does a great thing because he hasn't left us with a question that we don't know how to answer. No, Ezekiel tells us what the answer to that question is. Ezekiel responds by saying, well, actually, God, only you know that because only you have the power to be able to change anything here. You can ask me if those bones can live again, but my response is going to be, well, well, God, actually, only you know if they can live again because only you know what you're about to do in that situation. And I think that too often we try to make happen what only God can do. He asks us this question, do you, you, know, you hear a message like this and you're thinking of an area in your life, like, awesome, that's going to change. <coughs> Excuse me. That's going to change. I'm going I'm to do this and this and this in my life to make it change. And God's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you because that question points back to me. I'm asking you that because I want you to, to trust that I can do it. I want you to, to realize that it's not in your striving and trying that it's going to change. It's in your surrender to the power that, that I will flow through you in that situation that it's going to change. And so when God presents you with those areas and says, hey, do you believe that I can change this? He's not asking you to go about doing a whole lot of things for yourself. He's asking you to return to him and go, well, actually, that's on you. Actually, that's, that's on you, God, because I, I can't change it. I could tell you it could change if I could change it, but I know I can't change that. I know I can't change that. I don't know if you've got areas of your life like I do, where it's like, I know I can't change that. I've tried. I've tried. Time and again, New Year's resolution after New Year's resolution. I've tried to change that area of my thinking. I've tried to change that, that thing that, 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 that I don't like. I've tried. And all I end up with is being exhausted by about April and thanking God that Easter is right about that time of year because it's like it reminds me, oh, uh, wait, that's right. <laughs> it's not about trying and striving. It's about his spirit. It's about surrender. It's about trust. It's about relationship. It's about coming to him and letting him go to work in my life. We need to move quickly. 
let's, 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 let's skip down a little bit here. All right. And we know from previous weeks that what, what God says in response to, to Ezekiel is, just speak this word over that situation. And I can imagine Ezekiel being like, you don't, you don't want me to do anything? No, 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 just, just trust me that you speaking what I command is going to be enough. Well, you don't, you don't want me to, to get my life all sorted out? You don't want me to like start, start a 10-point plan? You don't want me to, no, 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 no. no I, I want you to trust me and I want you to speak what I've commanded. That is the only instruction that Ezekiel is asked to complete for the resurrection to come into the dead situation. The only thing that Ezekiel is instructed to do is to speak. Inherent in that obedience is an incredible trust that everything else is going to be done by God. That everything else required to transform that situation is going to be done by God. Just speak. Just speak. I wonder wonder how long... Does it take for your just speak to turn into, well, I haven't seen any change, so now I'm going to do something instead? Can I encourage you this year, let your trust be stretched. Let your faith be stretched. Just keep speaking a little longer than you think it might be working. Just keep speaking because it's going to be in that space where you are stretching that you find a new amount of trust in the goodness of God because it's when He is going to come through that you are going to know that He is God. When He brought resurrection, He said, it's like Ezekiel, when, when, when the life comes, you're going to know that I am God. But sometimes I think we stop speaking too soon. You've got to understand that God's purpose is life. God's purpose is life in you and flowing out of you into the community that we exist in. God's purpose is to bring life. We know that because in John 10, he says, I have come that you might have life and life abundant. God does not plan for you to have these areas of your life where there is dry bones, dryness and death and decay and these things that aren't functioning and dysfunction and all. No, no, no. God wants to bring life. His purpose is life. So when he tells you speak this over your world, the end result that he is aiming for in your life is that there would be life and life abundant overflowing in that area. And I feel very strongly this morning that I have a word for you. You know, sometimes we can hear these series and we're sitting there and we're like, God hasn't said anything to me. I've been here for three weeks now and God hasn't said anything to me. I don't feel like I've, I've got a word. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm one of those people that likes to get up early in New Year's morning and go to the beach and just sit and be like, hey God, do you have something that you want me to speak over my year? And the last few years he's been very faithful and in that moment he's given me a word and we've written it down and And those sorts of things. But I know that that's not everybody. And I know that that doesn't happen all the time either. And I know that sometimes we can hear a series like this and we get encouraged that that there's the potential for change. But then we feel like God doesn't say anything to us. And we're left being like, well, what do I do now? Because it all sounded good, but I don't feel like I have the thing to say over my world. So now I feel hamstrung and I feel stuck and we get irritated at God. and, And we end up getting in even more of a funk at the beginning of the year than when we finish the end of the year. So I feel like God has given me a word for everybody who doesn't have something else that God has said yet to your life specifically. I feel like he's given it to me and I want to 
share it with you this morning. It comes out of Luke chapter 4. It comes out of Luke chapter 4. It says this. It says, when, speaking of Jesus, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and he found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released and that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and sat down after doing a mic drop uh, and all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And then he began to speak to them, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. It's a great statement. But can I tell you something? Jesus is no longer on planet earth. He's seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. We know that. But can I tell you that his spirit is still here. And just like the Spirit of God came upon Jesus and anointed him for a purpose. You see, this was after his baptism. And, and, and if you have read about the baptism of Jesus, there's this moment where the Father speaks and, and, the, and the Spirit comes down in the form of the dove. And, and, and it's this recognition of the Spirit coming upon the life of Jesus. And that, that happened prior to Luke 4. So Luke 4 is not the moment at which the Spirit of God comes upon Jesus, right? But the Spirit of God is anointing him afresh for a purpose. And so there is something of the Spirit of God that, that comes with an anointing that is related to the purpose of which you've been called. And so I believe that there is a word for you this morning over this year, and that is that you are anointed. You are anointed. If you don't hear anything else from God this whole series, I mean, I believe you will. But if you don't, the Word of God for your year this year is I'm anointed. The Spirit of God is on me. He is on me for a purpose. I am anointed. You leave this building this week, declare over your life, I am anointed. The Spirit of God is upon me. The Spirit of God is in me for a purpose. He has something for you to do this year. He has a power and, a, and His presence on your life for a purpose this year. That is what the anointing is. It is power and it is presence for a purpose. Maybe your purpose this year is raising kids. Maybe your purpose this year is, is, is seeing a business grow, being an employee in, 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 in a company. It, maybe, it's, maybe it's a great commission. You're going to grab a hold of that and be like, that's what I'm going after this year. I'm going to go out and make disciples of all nations. I'm going to invite people to know Jesus the way that I do. What I'm, I'm telling you, you are anointed. You are anointed. And this morning, we're going we're gonna to come to a time right now where we're going to tangibly anoint every person in this place. That there would be a physical, significant representation of the truth that the power of God is on your life for something this year. It is on your life for something this year. You may be baptized in the Spirit at one stage. That is fantastic. I encourage that absolutely. But I'm telling you, there is something this morning. There is something fresh this morning for your year for what God has for you this year. And you can leave knowing that you are anointed this year. You're anointed for something. God is with you this year. His power is with you this year. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. 
We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.